Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, while you're standing, if you don't mind, I would just love to talk to you really quick. And I I don't know about you. uh, Has this series been good for anybody else out there? About three of you. Sounds good. Has this series been good for anybody else out there? Yeah. I think the Lord's been just speaking to us. And again, this came at a season in my life where I heard this sermon series before that was spoken into my life from a great church called Voo Church. And I just felt in my heart that, man, this was something that was was needed in our church. And uh, during a season where people are easily, it's easy to give up, it's easy to turn our backs on things that we said yes to, that we knew that God had called us to, I just felt like this was a season that we needed to go through a, a book study together, and we did that through First Peter, and we're in the last chapter. We got two weeks left, this week and next week, uh, and we finished the book of First Peter. Once you high-five your neighbor, say, good job, good job, good job, let them know. I love that. I love that. I don't know about you, but I love Peter, right? I love this book of Peter because I think a lot of us, we know, um, uh, for just a second, if you stay standing, we'll read scripture and then I'll have you see really quick. Uh, but I'll just tell you, I think this, this book has just kind of been a little bit more behind the scenes in the life of Peter, right? Because we know about Peter in the Gospels. We hear about Peter and the fact that he walked on water and he was with Jesus and was a follower of Jesus and he denied Jesus three times. We know about those things. We hear about those, but I love that we've been kind of just be able to pull back just the, oh, the, the, the top layer of Peter's life and be able to hear the heart that he has. And today, I believe he's going to speak to us. Uh, but I love Jesus and, and what he calls out in Peter because I feel like this is the same thing that the Lord wants to call out in some of us is that there, there's something on the other side of you saying yes to the obedience that God is calling you to do and, and, and say yes to that he wants to do something in you. And I love what he says to Peter because he this is before Peter denied that he even knew Jesus three times, right? Just think about Jesus for just a second. That's a hard place to be that somebody would deny that they even know who you are, right? Can you imagine that just for a second? I couldn't if somebody just would say, you know what, I don't even know who that dude is. No way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't vouch for him. I don't even know him. And Peter did that. But watch what Jesus did on the front side of that. He's, he's talking to Peter. He's encouraging Peter. And this is the Passion Translation. Uh, and it's in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 32. Are you ready for God's word? Say, I'm ready. I love that. This is what the Bible says. Peter, my dear friend. This is Jesus talking to him. Peter, my dear friend, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Satan has obtained permission to come and sift you. First of all, that should encourage some of us in this room. That right there could preach itself, right? That Satan had to come to Jesus to even ask for permission to do anything to you, to do anything to your life. It had to first sift through the hands of Jesus before it ever made it to you. And so I just think that that right there could preach all in itself. But uh, Satan has obtained permission to come and sift you all like wheat and to test your faith. Watch. But I have prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes, right? He knows that he's going to deny him. Watch what he says. Remember this. After you've turned back to me 
and have been restored, make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. I love that because I think Jesus was speaking some vision into Peter's life, speaking some encouragement into Peter's life, and guess what he did? He goes to write a book that we've been walking through over the last few weeks that I believe that God is encouraging us through, that God has been speaking through. And again, we see Peter take the words of Jesus and make this his life mission. Make this his goal. I'm going to encourage. I'm going to strengthen the faith of my brothers. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that I'm letting them know to keep their eyes focused on Jesus. And that's where we are in 1 Peter chapter 5. i got six verses for you, and I'll let you be seated. This is what Peter said uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says this in verse 1. He says, And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. And as a fellow elder, I appeal to you. Watch what he's saying. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not not for what you'll get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. Watch this. And when the great shepherd appears to you, Uh, It appears you will have a crown of never-ending glory and honor. And this is kind of what I want to stick on and talk about today right here in this section. In the same way, you who are, uh, are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And watch this. And all of you. Somebody say all of you. Somebody shout all of you. All of you. Dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Watch what he says. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at just the right time, he will lift you up in honor. I love that. I love that scripture. I can't wait to walk through that with you. One more time, I want to pray for us. Jesus, have your way in this place. Jesus, would you speak to us today? It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said a good amen, amen, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat. Thank you so much for standing in honor of God's word. And as we got a chance just to worship together, I'm so grateful for you. So thankful for you. And again, I mentioned earlier, we're in a season uh, in our church that I just believe is such a a pivotal time of our church, an incredible time in our church's life. Uh, Over the last, you know, 30 months or so, uh, being a church plant right here in Murray, man, we are so honored that we do have our very own place to call uh, home, not being the Callaway County Middle School. We have honored this place. We love this place. We honor the leadership here at Callaway County. But anybody else excited to actually have a place that we get to call our own? I am. I'm excited about it, and we told you about it last week, but we have a series coming up called Built to Last. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just build a church that's here for a few years, build build families that are here for just a few years, and then it's gone after that. I want to be a part of a church that's here for generations to come, that for hundreds of years, man, Purpose Church, until Jesus comes back, that we are a part of building the foundation uh, in that in this moment right now that we're in. And I love that. And I just think we're going to look at the book of Nehemiah and how Nehemiah said, hey, you know what, you got to battle with one hand with the sword you got to do that, and in the other hand with a hammer. So you got to build the wall, but you also got to fight the battle. I think that's why it's so good that we're pairing 21 days of prayer and fasting with this idea of built to last. Because in one hand, we got to build the wall. We're going to build a physical church, yes, but in the other hand, we got to build something spiritually and do that with each other. So that's going to be coming up, and I'm so fired up about it. I'm fired up about a lot of stuff, 
But that specifically, I'm really fired up about, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do. And I'll just tell you, we do it every single year. We have a, a, an offering that we call our legacy offering. And it is above and beyond just our tithe, just to advance the vision. And most of the time, we're giving a lot of that away. Um, but I'll, I'll just let you guys know that this year, that's going to uh, uh, Purpose Projects and Next Generation, because we are putting a, uh, uh, we're able to, to actually complete a facility to where we'll be able to do outreach and all kinds of other stuff out of it, and we are fired up about that. And I always love to just give you guys a good advance on that. That's not happening today. That's not happening next week. That's happening at the end of August. And so all I'm asking you to do is just pray, hey, God, would you have us give anything in that, and what would you have us give? And just be praying that, God, what would you want, how would you want us to participate in the Built to Last Legacy offering this year? That's August the 29th. Again, I always want to give you far enough advance because I want you to know I'm not, we're not pressuring you. We're not wanting to do any of that. We just want you to ask God, hey, God, how can we be a part of that? Everybody good? Everybody good with that? All right, good. I need you to help me a little bit today. Uh, preach because I'm excited to talk to us about this idea. And if you want to write the title of today's message down, it's this idea called humble brag. Humble brag. All right, how many of y'all know what the term humble brag uh, is? Anybody out there wave at me if you do or online if you're watching online or listening on a podcast. If you know what that is, this type of I do, I know what it is, right? You may not know what this word humble brag is or this phrase, uh, but what you need to know about this word and phrase humble brag is when you actually boast about something, but you pretend to be modest about it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know anybody that's humble brag before, you know what I mean? Like a lot of times it happens on social media, right? It happens on social media a whole lot. Uh, so again, uh, maybe, maybe for you and I it would be griping about something that somebody else really, really wishes they had. You know what I'm saying? That's humble bragging. I'm sure all of us have seen that before. But like just an example, this is a random off-the-wall example. Uh, but just imagine like a humble brag is something like this. Somebody's saying, oh, man, my phone is so old. I can't even, I, I don't even know if it's going to be able to work when we go on our yacht on the, on the lake this afternoon. That's a humble brag, okay? Like, good for you and your old phone, but you got a yacht. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's the thing. That's kind of what a humble brag is. And I think about what we just read and how Peter himself uh, just wrote to us about being humble, right? And I think he's writing to us because of the fact that there was a moment that he was a part of a, a, a conversation that went on where kind of some humble bragging was happening. Like, this whole idea of, oh, I'm humble, but I'm going to brag and I really want some credit myself. Right, And so Peter was a part of something that we're going to read that took place in Mark chapter 10. And maybe you know this story, maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. But there's a conversation going on with Jesus uh, with, with two brothers, right? And they're disciples, uh, James and John, the son of Ze sons of Zebedee. And so they're having this conversation with Jesus. And I want us to understand that there's some humble bragging going on. And Peter's there, too, to witness this. And so that's why I think he's writing to us to say, hey, hey, watch out. you got to be humble if you're going to be a leader. Watch what it says in Mark chapter 10, verse 37. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I love it. This is what it says. It says, they replied, this is the sons talking to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left, right? 
that's kind of a little bit of a humble brag, right? Jesus, we want to be, we want to serve other people, but guess what? We really want to be a, we want a prominent seat in the, in the front, right? We want to be set right beside you. I know all these mother dudes over there. I know the, those other ten guys and disciples that are following you, but we really want to be sitting right next to you. So a little bit of a, a humble brag going on from James and John. Then watch what Jesus does in verse 41. So when the ten other disciples, y'all know a throwdown about to happen, you know what I'm saying? What they just say? You know, we out here doing all this stuff right beside y'all. Y'all asking to sit at the right and left hand of Jesus when he gets on his throne? Come on, we're about to fight. And Jesus just gathers all of them. He says this, hey, hey, the ten others heard what James and John had asked. They were indignant. They were mad, okay? So Jesus called them together, it says, and he said this. He says that you know that the rulers in this world lord over it, uh, lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those that are under them. But watch what Jesus says in verse 43. He says this, but among you it will be different. Right? Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. Watch what he says. For even the Son of Man, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So I think about that really quickly. And I think about how the other ten overheard what was going on. And so one of those other ten was this guy named Peter. And I can just imagine that Peter, is, as he's writing First Peter to you and I and to the church uh, that, that's scattered all in Asia Minor at the time, the leaders that are there, he's writing to them. I can just imagine him recalling that conversation that happened, that Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? If you want to be great, if you truly want to make a difference, you got to be different. You can't do like everybody else does. you got to serve. That's got to be your highest priority. It's not to get your name up there. It's to bend your knee and to serve other people. That's what I came to do. I think you got to do it. So I think Peter as he's writing what we read today in 1 Peter chapter 5, is recalling this conversation that happened. And I think as he says in, in, at, towards the end, he says, dress yourself in humility because humility looks good on everybody, right? Why don't you tap your neighbor and say, hey, humility looks good on you. Go ahead, let them know. Let them know. Humility looks good on you. Man, it looks good on you. I, I don't know about y'all. But I, I have many times in my life where I, uh, humility is not what you would use to describe moments in my life. And I think there's a couple fun ones that we can walk through and talk about today. Uh, obviously, there's serious ones where we have pride issues that are going on, and pride is in the way between us and God. And, and, uh, but I think there's some fun ones, too. And I'm going to pick on all the men in here for just a second. How many of y'all don't read the instructions when you're putting something together, men? Come on, let's go. Let's go. All right, all hands up in the air. I'll just tell you this week has been like put together week for us, okay? Uh, it, it, like we got stuff coming to the house. We got more We got more boxes than Amazon's got in their whole factory coming to the house right now. I don't even know. But we got boxes coming in and little things that we're putting together for Conley and all this stuff. And you know, I'm just going to be honest, uh, like as a man, one of those things, that pride on the inside is, yo, I don't need no instructions. Come on, where's all the men at? Y'all know what I'm talking about. All the ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about because your men put it together wrong every time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the thing is I, I, I remember being like, oh, shoot, this week? No, I don't need that. And here, uh, what, what ended up happening is I get through the whole thing. I'm like, oh, I don't need those instructions. I'm good. I got this down. And I get to the very end, and Allie walks in uh, to Conley's room, and she's like, babe, 
And you know something's bad after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? You know, I just spent 30, 45 minutes putting this thing together. Like, what's the matter? Like, what's going on? She's like, you know that the, like, like this is a desk, and Conley's supposed to be able to, like, slide her little chair underneath it, but the bar is in the front. Like, why is the bar in the front? She can't get, like, her seat over the bar. And guess what your boy had to pull out after that? Your boy had to pull out the instructions. Come on, somebody, right? How many of y'all know that was a bad moment? And I had to go through step one. Oh, my goodness. I know what the hardware list is. I get to assemble the side panels. And I had to walk through the actual instructions to put the thing together right. Okay? Any ladies in the house can say that your man does that sometime, right? Anybody else say, hey, you know what? He needs some instructions sometimes. But I'll just be honest. For me, that's one of those pride moments, right? That's one of those just silly, petty pride moments. But that's so true so many times in our life is that pride says, I don't want any help, right? Pride says, I, I got this. And, and if I ask for help or if I ask for anything, uh, assistance anywhere in my life, or if I share something I may be struggling with or doing something like that, like I'm going to show that I'm weak. I may show that I'm incompetent or I'm not a good leader. Or I'm not whatever it might be. And I just believe that maybe there's some of us in here or some of us watching online right now that we may be going through a really, really hard season of life. We may be going through a real struggle that we have going through uh, that we're walking in and in the middle of right now. But what happens is, is that we suffer in silence. You know why? Because sometimes we're too prideful to reach out and let somebody else know. Sometimes we're too prideful to let somebody know, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm walking through this. I don't have it all together. I'm trying to figure it out. But, man, I'm really struggling with this area of my life because what does James 5:16 say to us it says confess your sins to one another and you'll be healed right yeah we're forgiven by God but there's some healing that needs to place take place sometimes whenever we have to confess our sins to one another but a lot of times what pride will do is it'll hide that it'll keep it in it'll say you know what no I'm good I'm fine and we wonder why we're walking around sick a lot of times and unhealed a lot of times as well and again I just think sometimes that can be attributed to the fact that we lack humility but can I encourage you today y'all give a little encouragement today all right this is what I want you to know that that this is a place that you can it's okay to not be okay this is a place, Purpose Church is a place for, you are, it, hey, listen, if you are coming in here and you've got a past or you've got something going on in your life or you're walking through a, t- a tough season, excuse me, I want you to understand that this place is perfectly, it's a great place for you to come and it is okay to not be okay. But my challenge and my encouragement for you is that God loves you too much to leave you that way. And it's part of responsibility of us to say, you know what, I'm going to drop my pride, I'm going to share it with somebody. That's why we have our prayer team available during songs. Let somebody else carry that burden with you. That's why you join a crew. You can share that with other people around you, that you can walk through seasons of life and say, you know what, I don't have it all together. I'm going to pull down the pride. I'm going to share with you what I got going on. And again, I want you to know that this place is a great place. It's okay to not be okay, just not okay to stay that way. I believe God has more for you because this is what I think of and what I believe that Peter's trying to get across to you and I. Something I want you to write down, number one, is being humble moves pride out of the way. Right, being humble moves pride out of the way. I love the great theologian Charles Spurgeon, what he said in this idea. He said that the uh, humility is a qualification for greatness. 
I love that. I think that's something that our world is lacking a lot of right now. And again, we see it over and over and over again in Scripture. You think about uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. It says this, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. And then 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Hey, thank you, Bubba. I appreciate that. Come on, Mike Flint is a humble man. Give it up for that man right there, Mike Flint. I love you. I appreciate that so much. Uh, God opposes the proud is what he says in verse 5. And he's quoting scripture. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. we got to understand that the time, the Bible says time and time and time and over and over and over again about moving pride out of the way. And the only way to do that is to be humble. And we all know, if we could be real for just a second, how destructive pride can be. Right? Think about it. Even in our own lives, there's been times in our own life where our pride stood in the way of some things that went on in our life. I think about a lot of friendships have been ruined because of pride. Some marriages have been ruined because of pride. Some relationships, some families, even some churches. And that's what Peter's warning about. He said, hey, you got to remember, you got to know, hey, God gives grace to the humble. Right? He opposes the proud. We got to get pride out of the way. And Peter's writing it to the church. He's saying, hey, again, leader or follower, all of you, let's lead with humility. Let's do that. Being humble moves pride out of the way. This is what I love and it's something that we get to say along a lot here at Purpose Church. Pride says I have to. Being humble says I get to. Right? Pride says I have to. Being humble says I get to. Watch as we walk through 1 Peter chapter 5, we'll just walk through what we just read a second ago and kind of show you where these things happen to pop up. Pride says I have to. Being, hum- being humble says I get to. 1 Peter 5 verse 2, it says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch what it says. Watch over it willingly. Right? I get to do this. Not grudgingly. I have to do this. Does that make sense? That makes sense? This means yes in Kentucky. Come on. If you ain't going to say nothing today, just yes like a little doll in the back of the, or dog in the back of the window. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yes, that, that's exactly what he's meaning. Not, not for what you'll get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. You know what pride says? Pride says me first. But, but being humble, it says, no, 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 you first. You know what pride says? Pride says, oh, oh, look at me. But being humble says, hey, learn from me. Learn from where I've messed up. Learn from where I've struggled. Peter is trying to teach the church how to be humble. Peter is saying, hey, we got to look different. Right? We got to look different. He's saying, leaders, you got to look different than the leaders of your time. People that follow Jesus, you got to look different than the people that you are around a whole lot. And humble leaders say, I don't have to, I get to. And Peter's saying, I need you to have that mantra in your life. I need that language to be in your life. I need you to be willing to serve. Like, you've you got to be willingly ready to serve. You got to you gotta say, you know what, I get to do that. I, I got to be willing to lead. Uh, I, my voice just cracked like a 13-year-old. Come on. <clears throat> With a humble attitude. I need you to willingly care for the people that are around you. And I'll just tell you guys, I love being a part of a church that, that, that we have that language in our church, right? That we don't have to, but we get to. I'll show you. I'm about to just do something really quick, camera. Folks, watch out. Okay, sorry. Give it up for our production team right now. Trying to follow me is like trying to baptize a cat. This is not, not fun. Okay. 
So I love, I love this right here, and, and maybe you're able to see it, because this is a part of our language of our church in the fact that we don't have to, right? I don't have to get up on the stage, don't have to preach, we don't have to serve, but guess what? We get to. We've got it right there. We get to do this. Thank you, God, for choosing me. I think that's the posture of a humble church. That's the posture of humble people that will say, you know what? I'm thankful to be a part of a church. And say, I don't got to serve. I get to serve. I don't have to give. I get to give. I don't have to live for God. I get to live for God. You know why? Because once I was busted, broken, far from God, lost, and yet Jesus saved me, I'll do anything to serve God. You know why? Because I was dead, but now I'm alive. Anybody thankful for Jesus? Let's give him a shout of praise in this place. I think we got to see that. And again, this attitude of being humble and saying that we get to actually comes from a place of gratitude. Right? That's where it comes from. That's the kind of the origin. It's, it's, it's gratitude. It's a gratefulness. And again, I think we live in a generation that is, is completely entitled to everything. Right? We think we deserve it. We think, well, we should get this because that's just, what, that's just how it's supposed to be. Right? We live in that kind of generation, and our gratitude meter is broken, y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's broken. It is, it's just off the rails broken. But living humble says we get to. It's a grateful posture. You know why? Because we know and we realize that everything that we have has been given to us by God. Everything that we have is a privilege that God has given us. Everything that I have, I don't even deserve it, but God, thank you for trusting me with it. Thank you for giving it to me. Thank you for allowing me to steward it for a little while. I think a lot of times uh, about marriage when it comes to some stuff like this in the fact that a lot of us, a lot of you, uh, maybe <clears throat> along the way, you, you like were praying to get married one day, right? You were praying to get married, and you're like, oh, hashtag wife her. You know what I'm saying? Like you got all these hashtags, like even at the wedding, uh, certain hashtags that, that people have in their wedding or hashtag married life, the best life. You know what I'm saying? Like when it starts, it's great. I think it's fantastic, but what happens is, is about two years in, the thing that you dreamed of has now turned into a nightmare. And what happens so many times, it's not that a lot of circumstances have changed or attitudes necessarily have changed or all these things have gone on that are just off the wall crazy. A lot of times what's happened in those two years is that perspective has changed. Right, your perspective of that person has changed. Maybe, just maybe, you stop being thankful and grateful for the thing that you were praying for your whole life. Maybe that was, the, maybe that's the issue that we got to think about. It's a mentality. It's a gratefulness that may not be there. And being humble says, "I get to that." We have this understanding that God is the provider of everything that I have. It's not a have to. It's I get to. Somebody shout, "I get to!" Somebody shout, "I get to!" Because I believe that our language, when we are humble, should change a little bit. And ultimately, that comes down, this whole idea of humility, as Jesus was teaching this, we got to understand that he perfected humility, that he perfected being humble. Look what the Bible says. This is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, and it's in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. And it's talking about Jesus and about this whole posture that he had of humility. This is what the Bible says. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. What's the next two words? Come on, we're going to say it together. Be humble. I like that. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Watch this. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had 
Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. But instead, what did he do? He gave up his divine privileges. He took the what position? Come on, let's say it out loud. Humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he did what? Humbled himself, right? He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. you got to understand the person that we singled out, the person that we raise our hands to and we surrender all to is the person that modeled this idea of being humble perfectly. Being humble pushes pride out of the way. Being humble says that you can go before me. I'm eager to serve God and to serve others. And Jesus obviously modeled that perfectly. I think about that line I just said right there that that pride, that, that being humble moves pride out of the way, and being humble is saying that you go before me. We're in a middle school right now is where we meet, right? How many of y'all remember middle school lunch line? Come on, somebody. Y'all, y'all remember what that was like, running to lunch? Y'all remember being that excited? I kind of do that sometimes when I'm real hungry. I'm like, okay, let's go, okay? And, and we're running. I remember running to lunch. We had T-shirts made back in the day that said, get out of my way. It's chicken nugget day. Let's go. You know what I'm talking about? Chicken nuggets, mashed potatoes, green beans. You kind of mix them together. Lord Jesus, it's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit right there, okay? So, so, so that happened in middle school. Y'all remember doing that? Uh, so I remember all the time, and I went to Graves County, and so I'm just a county over where I grew up, and I remember running to lunch, and everybody uh, always would, you know, the teachers were like, you know, no, you can't run, and then you know how it was? Y'all about to follow me again on the cameras? You ready? Go to that camera over there. Okay. Y'all remember not running, but you would be like, you know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember that. I know some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all do that. Y'all remember all right? Okay, so I remember in middle school, we'd always say, you know, we'd try and get there real quick, but maybe you had to hang back at class or whatever, and that was not fun that you had to do that because you couldn't get up towards the front. And uh, anybody, anybody, let's just be real honest in church, anybody ever let somebody skip, get up there with you, one of your friends in the back? Come on, let you, come on, let, maybe they're watching online. Did you let that person skip line and get up there with you, right? I remember doing that. I remember a, a lot of times being able to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, and, and you got to do it real nonchalant. you got to act like you got a conversation going on. Like, Bjarni, if he was at the front, I'd be like, yo, Bjarni, let's talk real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, how you doing? You good? Everybody good? And then, I don't know about y'all, but, like, they would let you skip, but there was this thing called the skip back. Y'all remember that? Like, you can skip, but you ain't getting in front of me. You getting behind me. You know what I'm saying? And then you always, as that person, as you walk up and you're talking to your friend and they're in the front of the line, you had to make sure that that person behind you couldn't fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, make sure, okay, okay, we good. We could get through this. We're going to make it, right? And I think about that. You can skip line, but you got to get behind me, right? You can skip up here, but you got to get behind me. And I think that we live in a get behind me generation. I think we live in a generation that says, hey, you can skip, but you got to get behind me kind of culture. That's what we live in. I want to do well. I, I want you to do well, but I want you to do well after I do. I, I want you to get that job. I want you to get that new car, but after I do. I want you to get that new house or that marriage or whatever, but I want you to do that after I do. And the culture that we live in is a get-behind-me culture. It's a prideful culture. But what are we called to do? We're called to be countercultural. We're called to live against the grain, right? That's called kingdom culture is what you and I are called to do. And kingdom culture says, you know what? I prefer you. 
That's what kingdom culture says. I don't prefer myself. I prefer you. I would rather serve you. I want to serve you. You can get in front of me. You can go ahead of me. That is being humble. And I want us to write this down because I think a lot of times we think being humble is thinking less of yourself. Right? Like, so I want you to write this down. Being humble does not mean thinking less of myself. I want you to get that. Like so many times we think being humble is like, oh, man, I'm such an idiot or I'm, I'm so silly or they're so great and I'm so not. And we think that that is humility, but that's not humility at all. Being, being humble is not thinking less of myself. Being humble just means I'm thinking of myself less often. That makes sense? This means yes in Kentucky. Come on, let me see you say yeah. All right, good. Yeah, that makes sense. I think we need to get that. We need to understand that. It's not always about me. It's not this me, me, me narrative and generation that we live in. And the gospel is telling us that putting people before us and that we should prefer other people over ourselves is the way to go. Right? Don't lord over it, he says in 1 Peter chapter 3. Don't lord over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own example. I want our example, wherever we might go, to be pushing and pointing people towards Jesus. I think uh, so many times we, when in a conversation or whatever, we want to say, hey, look at me. Look how great I am. I'm so good at this. But what the Bible is telling us, no, 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 let your example speak. Right? Let your game speak for itself. Let it be that. I think uh, Pastor Rich Wilkerson said this one time, and I loved it. People should leave your presence encouraged, not impressed. Oof. People should leave your presence encouraged, not impressed. I had to think about that because you know what? How many times do I just talk about me? How many times in a conversation do I just bring up my life? Instead of calling out the thing that I see in them. Instead of saying, you know what, God has gifted you. God has created you. God has, man, there's something special about you. The way you walk into a room, man, your, your smile, it's electric. Your high fives, man, they're, they're, man they, they bring a lot of energy in here. Or the way that you pray for people or the way that you encourage people is so, like, like people should leave our presence encouraged, not impressed. Because we have the opportunity to look into the eyes of somebody else and pull the greatness of God out of them. And there's so many people, I just believe that are walking around underdressed because they're not clothed with humility. And I believe that all my heart. I believe that we're walking around underdressed because we're not clothed and dressed with humility like what it says in verse 5. I think that's so important. All, I, I want us to understand. I want us to get this. And I think this is something you can write down to. It's not going to be on the, on the screen. But, but the fact is, is that pride can't go where God wants to take you. Pride can't go where God wants to take you. That, that destination that's out in front of you that God has planned for you, guess what? You can't get there with pride attached to your life. I just think we got to be humble. Kyle, if you don't mind coming up here, that would be awesome. I'm going to run through these last two things rather quickly. This is the, la- the next thing about being humble uh, is this idea being humble helps point people to Jesus. Right, it kind of goes along with the last thing that we were just reading, but being humble helps point people to Jesus. People need to see Christ in us. You know what? They need to see Christ in you and I. People need to see a good God that is full of grace, and he can see that through mine and your life. And being humble helps point people to Jesus. Look what verse 4 says in 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. So Peter, again, is writing to church leaders, writing to people in the church. He's saying the great shepherd obviously is Jesus. 
He's telling us, he's saying, hey, the point of you as a leader, the point of you as an elder is to represent Jesus, to represent him, to point people to Jesus. He's telling them, hey, be eager to serve. Humble yourself. Do those things so that you can point people to the great shepherd. Y'all, the world needs to see Jesus in us. And if the world is going to see Jesus in you and I, we are going to have to look different. Right? I said at the beginning of this, this series, if we're going to make a difference, we have to live differently. we got to act differently. we got to sound differently. We can't react like the world reacts. No, no, no. Faith is our reaction. We're not going to respond like the world responds. No, no, no. Celebration is our reaction. We're not going to have the posture that the world would have where we are not going to honor people. I'm going to do whatever I can to bring them down. No, no, no. Honor is going to be our posture. Like, let that be said of all of us as leaders and as people that are called the church of Jesus Christ. We have to look different and be willing to put God on display. we got to be willing to point every to Jesus, not to our own self, not to our own ideologies or thoughts or our own agenda, but we need to be a people that says, you know what, I'm pointing everything towards Jesus. I want to be humble, God. I want my my actions, my language, my, my speech, my love, my humility to point people towards you. Remember what Peter said a few chapters back in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He says this, but you are chosen people. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Watch what he says. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of our God, that you and I are called to point people to Jesus. Being humble gives us the ability to do that. And the last thing I'm going to tell you about is this idea that being humble puts you on the path to purpose. Being humble puts you on the path to purpose. I think back to that story of of the disciples and Jesus speaking to them. Verse 43, he, he quotes something, and I just want to bring that back to the forefront because he modeled it so perfectly. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Your servant. And I believe we have to ask ourselves that question of, hey, what does living a life of purpose look like? What, what does living a called life, a purpose-filled life, what does it look like? You know what it looks like? Serving one another. First of all, serve Jesus. Second of all, serve others. That's what it looks like. I, I remember back in the day, Sunday school back in the day, shout out to my teacher, uh, a couple of teachers that had to put up with an ADHD five-year-old like Dustin. Yeah, and you all imagine, Lord help them. Um, one of them is Randy's mama. Randy running around here somewhere. It's his mama, Miss Linda Glisson. She was a... Uh, she was one of my teachers, and I remember her writing on the board, J-O-Y. Y'all remember that? And it was a little acrostic. It was Jesus, others, yourself. Right? If you really want to have joy, if you really want to find purpose, it's Jesus, others, yourself. You really want to have peace in your life. You really want to have love that, that transcends all things. It's Jesus, others, yourself. J-O-Y. And I wonder so many times why Jesus, why God would put such an emphasis on this thing called serving. And I just believe it's because he knew inside of all of us that there's this thing called pride that would creep up. 
It was really the first sin, if you think about it. The first sin from Adam and Eve. If you go all the way back to Genesis, they were thinking, you know what? I know better. I don't need any help. I don't need help from God. I can figure this out on my own. I want to be knowledgeable. I want to know what's going on. And they ate the fruit. It was pride that led to destruction. And again, I think God realized that. He knew that. So what did he do? He combated pride by saying, you know what I'm going to call you to do? Serve other people. The the greatest ask that Jesus could ask of you, number one, give your life to him. Number two, give your life away. Give your life away. Serve other people. And I think Jesus did that so well. And I I think there's a a pastor, uh, Dr. James Allen Francis, right, that talked about how humility put this one man on path to purpose. And I want to read his transcript. This is literally what he wrote. Uh, And it is a sermon that he wrote, but I want you to hear the words of how humility changed the course of history. Watch this. Here's a man who was born in an obscure village as the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another obscure village. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30, and then for three years was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. We kind of did. The Bible. Okay. He never held an office. He never owned a home. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never put his foot inside of a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He never did one of the things that usually accompanies greatness. He had no credentials but himself. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. Another betrayed him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through a mockery of a trial. He was nailed up to the the cross between two thieves. His executioners gambled for the only piece of property that he had on earth while he was dying, and that was his coat. And when he was dead, he was taken down and laid in a borrowed tomb through the pity of a friend. But 2,000 years have come and gone, and today he is still the center of the human race. All of the armies that ever marched and the navies that were ever built and all the parliaments that ever sat and all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man upon the earth as powerfully as has this one solitary life and guess what that's Jesus that's the Jesus that we serve that's the Jesus that we sing about that's the Jesus that modeled it for us won't you do this won't you jump up on your feet and give King Jesus a big ovation of worship in this place That's the Jesus that we serve. And guess what? He's asking you and I to be humble. He's asking you and I to walk in humility. And it starts with a decision. Jesus, others, yourself. But it's got to start with Jesus. And maybe you're in this room. I'll just ask you, everybody in here, if it's safe for you online, if you're watching or listening on a podcast, would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? Just ask. Maybe you're in this room and maybe, maybe you don't have Jesus as number one in your life. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've never reached out and called upon the name of Jesus and said, God, would you forgive me? Well, that offer is waiting for you. And I love Jesus so much that he was humble and he was obedient to even death on the cross. And the Bible tells us that his death was the thing that I needed to make my life right with God. That his sacrifice, that the blood that Jesus shed on the cross would not just cover my sin, but it would remove my sin if I would put my faith and trust in Him. Maybe you're here. You say, I need to know Jesus. I need a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're watching online. I just would ask right now that you would just pray something like this. Would you say something like, dear Jesus, would you come into my life? 
I, I believe what you did on the cross. I believe that you died. I believe that you were buried. I believe that you got out of the grave. And I put my trust in you. I know my sin is something that you can't stand, but you made a way, and I put my faith in you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Help me live for you on purpose for the rest of my life. And maybe you're in here, maybe you're watching online. And you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. First of all, it's the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. It's the best decision you'll ever make. And we want to be a church. Again, celebration's our response. We're going to be a church that celebrates. But even more so than that, we want to help you with whatever next step that you might have. We want to put a Bible in your hand. And here's what I'm going to ask you. If you're in this room and you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, we have some incredible prayer team members that are on the wall on either side of the room. If you don't mind right now, if you just said yes to Jesus, would you make their way to them today. That would be awesome. Our team is going to be moving, getting ready for second experience, just so you know you're not going to be the only one moving. And so if you need to, to let somebody know that you made that decision to follow Jesus, would you move right now? And if you're watching online, or maybe you're even in here and you're saying, you know what, I can't. I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to really get out of my seat, but I just met Jesus. Would you just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488? We would love to follow up with you. We'd love to be able to just encourage you and uh, celebrate with you that you just made this decision. Well, come on, church. Can we put our hands together? I think we should worship a little bit. I think we should be able to say, you know what, King Jesus, it's about you. It's for you. So our team's going to come out here, and we're going to sing Battle Belongs. We're going to sing that little bit, and I want us to sing it with everything we've got. When we start singing Almighty Fortress, let's sing it with everything we've got, and AB will close out the service and just sing. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.